Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Preparati per la stagione 4. Preparate para la temporada 4. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn with Taj and Chels, Season 4, Episode 2. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the podcast where your neighborly film fanatics review our favorite films and shows. My name is Chelsea, aka Chels, singer, actor, blogger, podcaster, and all around movie lover. And it's your girl Tajiana here also known as Taj, actor, director, teaching artist from the Bay Area, and lover of all things Black, Black narratives, Black stories, Black everything. Welcome back, y'all. We are talking about travel movies and shows. Yes, pack your bags, you guys. Pack your... On my back. I'm traveling. (laughs) Get in, loser. We're going shopping. What? (laughs) Seriously, I personally have a list of places I would love to see and yeah. you know, travel to. You know, there's so many places, just so many all over the place. I want to see Amsterdam, Austria, Italy, France. I want to see all these places. London, of course, with the pandemic being as it is, I find it more so that I love the idea of travel. <laughs> it's like the idea of it seems nice. I don't know when I'll be able to travel comfortably again and it being safe you know um last summer i took it so far as to go around the world with google earth you know because they had a lot of different apps and ways you could like explore the world because everyone was inside so that was cool to look at the oh my gosh i didn't even know about that (laughs) (laughs) it was a special thing i did in july just for me so that way i felt like i had my own little vacation around the world yeah so precious (laughs) You know, it was it was it was fun while it lasted. Um, <laughs> but I did watch a lot of travel and food content um, from around the world over uh, the course of quarantine last summer. And I think it's very cool to see different perspectives. And I think that if you do have the opportunity to do it, you know, you should take that chance to see as much of the world as you can. Um, I personally really can't wait to eat, pray, love myself and just experience and explore things you know shout out to that whimsical rom-com i covered a couple seasons ago eat pray love great film so let's get into our picks y'all i'm so ready to mentally go somewhere i haven't been before um <laughs> this first one is down to earth with zach efron it's a netflix show came out july of 2020 did i click on this because it was zach efron maybe okay yeah i did i feel yeah. like i would enjoy it even if it wasn't Zac Efron, but... But she enjoys it more because Zac Efron isn't... I, I, seriously, I love him in literally anything. I mean, it's Troy Bolton. What are you going to do? I got 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I got 94% of Google users enjoyed it as well. But you know what? The Google users, it's fine. You know, they, they enjoyed it because they're like, oh, Zac. Um, so after Zac Efron travels around the world with a wellness expert, Darren Olean, I hope I'm saying that right, to find healthy, sustainable ways to live. So I learned so much, first of all, like about water and what we're really drinking and like the 
pollution that is in our water and like what the best water is to use. They went to this really cool uh, restaurant in LA where they tasted different water and people are spending so much money on like Evian and uh, Aquafina and it's not even giving you the right type of nutrients. It's no better than tap. And I was like, so cool to learn this stuff because you think you're doing stuff to be healthy and sustainable and you're really not, you know? Um, there's more ways to conserve energy and just to promote sustainability. Um, sidebar, anything that I can do to heal the environment, like I'm so down to do, I'm kind of a hippie in that way. Having a sense of mindfulness and just thanking the planet and the universe for existing, you know, we have to take care of our planet, our trees, because it's like, that is what gives us oxygen and sustainability for us to have lives here on earth. And this is a the planet, so we should take care of it and heal the planet. You know, we should all do our part even if it's small, just to, you know, minimize our carbon footprint. But I enjoyed the episodes when you went to Iceland. That's in episode one. And um, just learning about energy and how they use renewable resources. And it was also like a chocolate factory. So that was pretty cool. Then you went to France and London just to research clean water. And um, this huge, um, the different churches they had in um, how they had this miracle water that they called it. Uh, I believe it was in France. It was like this miracle water and the temples and just how reverent everybody was. And they had this candlelight ceremony and um, people talking about how this fresh well, like delivered them from chronic illnesses and diseases and cancer and stuff. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, also going to London and looking at healthy plant life and sustainable energy and food and this garden wall of like succulents and I was like oh this is so pretty and like making your own and he's trying to plot it and stuff like that and plant his own succulents that was cool um at the end of the day renewable resources are the building blocks for our lives in the same way that our mind heart and joints need love um like our hair skin and nails so you have to feed your body and mind and I think it's pretty wholesome material um and it's a chance for you to see how other people live. So you should definitely check that out. That's on Netflix. Next up is the world's most extraordinary homes, which came out in 2017. Um, it's on Netflix. It's a BBC production. 96% of Google users enjoyed the show. It's hosted by Caroline Quentin and Pierce Taylor covers a lot of ground. I turned it on one day in quarantine and I'd never heard of it. And then I heard the English accents and I was like, that's why I never heard of it. Okay. So it's a British show that Netflix snatched up and put up on there. So I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Because I was like, what is this? Um, season two, episode eight is what I'm highlighting this week. They visit Israel and it's like these different places in Israel, but this one house, oh my God, it was huge. Like it's massive with um, the archways. I believe they're in Tel Aviv, indoor outdoor garden setup and the beautiful like art pieces i'm a sucker for clean lines and art deco which this house had and it had this beautiful chesterfield couch you know chesterfield chesterfield couches like vintage and stuff like that but it looked really really dope the house had about three levels and it was like everyone could have their own little alcove in the main house you know people coming in and out and just having their own little uh place to just relax relate and release which was really cool it's fabulous for entertaining as well <laughs> shout out Whitley Gilbert. Relax, relate, release. Relax, relate, release. That too. Um, so that was cool. Um, yeah, I feel like home should definitely be that staple in that place where you can um, go to turn your brain off. It could be a safe haven for people, you know, and not just a, a place to throw epic house parties, but a place for you to have your own private temple. So I thought that was really dope. Um, 
That's on Netflix. Last but not least, also on Netflix, everything's on Netflix this week, is Chef's Table. And this is um, still an ongoing show, but I believe it started in like 2015, created by David Glove. They just wrapped up season six. And season six, episode one is what I'm highlighting this week. It's about Mashama Bailey. And this episode was directed by Abigail Fuller. Bailey is the head chef of The Gray in Savannah, Georgia. And um, it's so cool to hear about this Black woman's story. Um, she studied culinary school in France at the Chateau du Fay in Burgundy. And while there, um, while she was in France, she was mentored by Anne Willem, who convinced her to continue cooking. Um, she grew up in Georgia, but moved to New York in middle school. And uh, her parents wanted her to have better opportunities, things like that. But she was just like not feeling it, you know, being from the South and having to go to New York. It's really fast paced. But I love how she had traveled all over the world, made a name for herself. But she ultimately thrived where she was originally rooted and planted back in Savannah. And, um, like, visiting uh, surrounding parks to get, like, fresh crawfish and things like that and going to New Orleans, stuff like that was really cool. Um, and the people that she works with, you know, down home and stuff like that. And it was cool that she used the same type of um, vendors sometimes to get the same type of fresh um, produce and things like that from, like, these old Black men who are farmers and these old Black men who have the generation of, like, him and his son uh, going boating to get the fish and shrimp and crawfish and stuff. So I was like, this is super cool. Just seeing the torch being passed and stuff. Um, and what's so cool about the restaurant, the gray is it's inside a former segregated bus station in Savannah, Georgia. And um, she plays um, homage to history as she puts a new spin on Southern food traditions. So it's a mix of French cuisine and Southern food traditions. And the fact that this was a segregated bus station, that's now a, huge uh staple restaurant where the head chef is a black woman is just so dope to me you know because there's so much history there and of course with like racism and segregation but just seeing it evolve into this is really cool the gray has racked up a lot of accolades it was named one of food and wine's best restaurants of 2019 winner of the james beard award for best chef in the southeast in 2019 2018, she was nominated for the James Beard Foundation Award for Best Chef. And um, The Gray also uh, was Food & Wine's Best Restaurant in 2015 and Restaurant of the Year from Eater in 2017 and chosen as one of the best 100 places in the world by Time Magazine 2018. So, you know, she's doing the darn thing. That's it's really dope. Um, so that's Chef's Table. You can check that out. Those are my picks for this week. Taji, let me know what yours are. Yo, I feel like mines are definitely more figurative, <laughs> but I feel like that's also appropriate given the circumstance that we are in currently. Um, I wanted to start off with Twitches. Classic um, film, Disney Channel film. Oh my gosh. And I, I'm going through it with the nostalgia because I also am literally, I, I just finished um, Sister, Sister. Um, and so I'm just like in this resurgence, I don't know, of like watching Tia Maori and Tamara Maori um, mm-hmm. and their content. Anyways, um, but uh, with Twitches, uh, if you guys are um, not familiar, it's based off of a book series that was published by Scholastic Press. Um, and this actually, this film came out in 2005. Um, and so with this film, um, basically, you know, um, there's this magical dimension called uh, Coventry and so um there is a royal witch that gives birth to identical 
twin daughters um, who are Apollo and Artemis. Um, basically, those are the gods of the sun and the moon. And so um, they essentially, though, um, are, you know, they're, they're twins, but they, you know, they get it's it's kind of similar to sisters and, and the fact of like the twins are not just, you know, born growing up knowing each other. It's like they're separated and then they come back to find each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, with this movie, I feel like it's so nice to see, you know, just black people highlighted in fantasy and science fiction, because with this, you know, they're traveling through dimensions and portals and creating spells in order to, you know, take them to where they want to go, which I think is like super amazing. And it just really inspired me growing up and watching this movie and seeing them in those powerful positions. I feel like just um, watching these twin witches, um, twitches, (laughs) it really gave me just such a, uh, I don't know, it just makes me giddy because um, seeing that as a young girl, like, it's kind of like a, you can go anywhere you you set your mind to, and you can, um, you can do anything that you want to do. So it's just kind of like a really motivational film for me. Um, I really just love them. Um, But also, I feel like we definitely have to see that more of like, you know, yeah, I can like, you know, do this spell and go through this door or go to this other dimension. And so it was just cool to watch those locations change and watch them travel through all of these um, various dimensions um, and, you know, watching how that relates to Earth as a whole and then watching how that relates to magic, um, witchcraft and like um, talking about, you know, uh, Olympus and like just the historical facts that this film kind of coincides with so that was really awesome um if you haven't seen twitches check it out um where is it it's probably on disney plus i assume mm-hmm. um you could also probably just like buy it somewhere on like uh yeah online somewhere um also i forgot i forgot there's twitches too um my second film is going to be one of my all-time favorites we're going back into childhood um childhood lane here um but the magical jumanji the original i know i talked about the sequel we talking about the blueprint okay jumanji um (laughs) we love it to rest in peace robin williams um this film also was a big motivator when i was a kid because who does a movie in 1995 two years before I'm born talking about a magical board game, like what? Um, But essentially (laughs) this board game um, unleashes an adventure on these, um, these siblings, Peter and Judy. And so they're exploring this old mansion. And so they find this jungle themed game, Jumanji in the attic. And so they start playing with it and they free um, Alan Parrish, who's played by Robin Williams um, basically leads them. Um, on this excursion because he's been stuck in this game for decades and so basically he leads them through this excursion of playing the game and if they win that means that they can free him from the game um, so he won't be trapped anymore and so they're they have to fight monkeys giant bugs stampeding rhinos and the works so it's a very 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 um once again figurative but like also literally traveling inside of a game board is like just such a a dope concept to me. Um, I've always loved the film. It's always been one of my childhood favorites. Um, and it's just definitely, it was so fun to watch them travel and get sucked into the game, but also when they're in the game, watch them travel 
and take this adventure and go to these different various locations, just like with Twitches and like with these other films where they're going to different places, um, but watching with the obstacles that they have to overcome as they're going through those different locations. So um, yeah, Jumanji is just such a classic um, and it's also loosely based on a children's book. Um, Authors really be inspiring people to make films just if that wasn't known. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Jumanji is great. Um, And it's, um, I love the fantastical nature of it. And I love, I just love everything. They actually, they did so well. Their budget was 65 million and they made um, 262.8 million at the box office. It actually released the day before my birthday, uh, which is awesome. So December 15th, people are hating. I don't know. On Rotten Tomatoes, it says 55%. I don't know. Seven out of 10 on IMDb. So mm. I guess or like thought it was lame. I don't know. But 92% of Google users, as usual, <laughs> like this uh, movie. It's a staple. Um, it's a classic. Sometimes it's a sleeper hit. So like it didn't do well. It was ahead of its yeah. time. But it like everyone, it's a treasured classic. You think so? You think it was ahead of its time? Yeah. It might have been because yeah. of what they were doing, I guess. I'm only saying to explain that rating because... Yeah. I don't know. I love you. Yeah, maybe more people vote on the Google. I mean, because right here you can click up or down, thumbs up or thumbs down. So maybe more people do that than like do a full, than do it on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that's it. But also, yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting watching like what, which one of these, you know, how critics review things or how these different platforms gauge how many, um, what percentage of people liked it and didn't like it. And so... Right. Yeah, it's very interesting, but it is definitely a staple, a classic, um, and, you know, you guys should definitely delight in it if you have not thus far. Um, you could actually watch it for free on Peacock TV, um, so I would definitely do that. Um, yeah, um, it's great. Um, <laughs> a third film that I absolutely love. Um, this is more of a thousands film. This came out in 2008. Um, this is Journey to the Center of the Earth. I used to be obsessed with this movie. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, I realized how much, how much I actually love, um, action, fantasy, whatever, when I could relate to it and when I see myself represented. And when I say that, I didn't have as much, you know, uh, representation in terms of like Black youth, right? Back then. But like with Twitches, it's like, oh, you know, aspiring or like seeing somebody who somewhat looks like me. And then with these two films, it was like, oh, I see peop- young people my age um, going through these adventures. So, you know, it's made for, you know, that audience anyway. So not surprised that they got me uh, reeled in. But Journey to the Center of the Earth um, is actually on Hulu. You guys can watch it. It came out in 2008. Um, I would I would highly recommend this film. Um, so basically, there's a professor, and he is going on an expedition to Iceland, and um, his nephew Sean and their guide Hannah get trapped in a cavern, <laughs> and um, as they follow their only escape route deeper and deeper below the Earth's surface, they pass through strange places and encounter incredible creatures including dinosaurs. Um, But um, as volcanic activity around them increases, they realize they must find a way out soon. Dun-dun-dun. So, yeah, I love this film just so much. Um, They had a budget of $60 did $244.2 at the box office. Um, I feel like it it was just really nice um, seeing this cast. I feel like they did a really awesome job, um, especially seeing, you know, I mean, seeing 
a young person at the time, Josh Petrison, um, playing Sean. I feel like, you know, having um, him in that role was very helpful because you get to see, you know, you get to see him in that light. And that was, you know, before the Hunger Games. And so um, it, it's just nice to see his uh, see his growth from then until Hunger Games and all, all the stuff that he's been in. So um, that was like a nice like precursor, like seeing him on the rise in his career. Um, and also, you know, just seeing the rest of the cast, um, Brendan Fraser, Anita Brim, um, Seth Meyers. I just think that it was just so intriguing watching them literally go into the depths of the earth um, and like talk about a travel film. I feel like this is like a whole expedition, you know, <laughs> like they're going they're literally traveling through the depths of the earth. And I feel like that was just so outlandish and like, it just kept me on the edge of my seat um, to see what was going to happen next. And so I feel like all the things that they encountered and all the places that they, that they touched were so, so, so like uh, just intriguing and engaging. And I feel like a lot of that had to do with the graphics, um, but just in general, um, the plot and like how they set up the production design is just really awesome. So um yeah, I feel like it was just really intriguing for me, kind of a nerd about these, um, you know, action, adventure, sci-fi, fantasy films, but I love it. So yeah, those are my three. I hope you guys enjoy those and watch them and stream them. Um, they're oldies, but goodies. And I feel like they definitely encapsulate, you know, traveling for adventure and fantasy and helps you get, you know, a little bit of escapism in your brain and a little bit of a motivator to go to the places that you want to explore, whether that's in your mind or physical location. So those are my picks. I love that. We need to spark some joy for sure. Yes, um, most definitely. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next week. We will be talking about movies and shows that pass or fail the Bechdel test. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, the Bechdel test, it measures the representation of women in fiction. So it asks the question whether work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man, you know, very Mm -hmm. interesting. So this Ooh. this will be fun, you know. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a stance, you know. Uh, we're one of us we're gonna go a little deep, on y'all. Uh, we're yeah. gonna go a little deep. Well, one of us will have some films that you know pass the Bechdel test, and some will have some that you know fail the Bechdel test. <laughs> You'll see why. Um, so that's next week. Feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop, on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn, or follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. And you can follow myself at Tajana Okechuku on Instagram and at Tajana Tweets on Twitter. All one word, all one case. Let us know what you thought of this episode. What else you'd like to hear us talk about future before we bring back back? <laughs> bring back back. Bring back back. So fun. All right. See y'all next week. Bye.